hold on, bud. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta get the right angle. Oh my god, buddy. That's that's so many beautiful pictures of your breakfast. I don't even wait, know wait, 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 wait. Can you move over just to the left? Just to the left? Yeah. Okay. Good, you're out of my selfie. Okay, there you go. Oh man, guys, sounds like this is some A plus. Hashtag social photography, commentary. hashtag influencer, hashtag iPhone yep. for life. Yep. Yep. It's all about it's all about the Instagram. It's all about the Facebook. It's all about the likes at the end of the day. Am I right, Garrett? That's those are the three tenets of my life. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him redo the Ten Commandments with emojis. That's all I really want is I want to see those etched down, brought down from Mount Sinai, and see uh, the Almighty Himself utilizing a couple of uh, laughing, crying face emojis. The animo- the emojis <laughs> that like talk to you while they're moving. So. Yeah. Welcome to Roll and Move, ladies and gentlemen. The only podcast on the internet. Well, probably not the only one, but we're saying it anyways. Uh, that takes a look at some of the really bad board games that have been produced, some of the weirder board games that have been produced, and we break them down, we talk about them, we discuss what makes them work, and where they stack up against other board games of their caliber. My name is Thomas Youngerberg. I am one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, and one of your first co-hosts, and with me here, as always, is... Garrett Lively. Uh, what What's the millennial breakdown? Like, am, am, I'm a millennial, right? Like, I'm... A, I'm... Yes. Okay. Yep. You're a millennial. I, I, th- I think I had to explain this to a couple of my kids at one point. I said, um, kids that I teach, by the way. I'm not a, what do you think of a freaking dancer? Come on. Um, I was like, look, if you're born like late 90s, I think that you are a, a uh, like, you're, yeah. that you're Gen Z, right? If you're b- born between 85 and like 93, 94, you're a millennial. Okay. I think that's the way it works. And uh, also with us is Jeff Lee, and I'm very easily offended. I know. I almost I almost stopped the podcast when I when you were going to be recording with uh when you were doing those camera sound effects with an iPhone because I was just like, have you not seen the factories that they utilize in China in order to build those uh, iPhones that you're using there, buddy? You should feel ashamed of yourself for uh, trying to do a little gag with that. But uh, I digress. We're n- I'm not going to get too offended to hold up the show. Instead, I'm going to actually, on time, introduce the board game that we're taking a look at here. And by I'm going to introduce the board game, I mean Garrett is going to introduce the board game. Garrett, what are we taking a look at today? Today we're looking at Monopoly for Millennials. I believe this is the newest board game we've reviewed on Roll of Move, the 2018 creation. This is... I was instantly intrigued by this. I, I actually I saw an ad for this. I can't remember if it was on Instagram. It was, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was on Instagram. It was uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it caught my eye, and, and I, you know, we we have tended to shy away from you know Monopoly clones, but I, this was so good. I I saw the box, and you know, I think right on the front it says, "Adulting is hard. You deserve a break." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And verb. they reeled you in. They got you, man. Uh, that, forget real yeah. estate. You can't afford it. Targeted anyway. marketing. They're, they're, they just have these like little sharp blades stabbing into me at, at every at every uh, corner of the box. And I, I was like, man, the masochist in me is like, I, I need to own this and I, I need to bring it onto the show. I like the graphics that they used for the Monopoly guy because actually on the box, at least the one that I'm looking at on some of the websites that are advertising the product. Uh, it's got the Monopoly guy. He's got sort of like the Kanye West uh, sunglasses on instead of his classic monocle. And he's just holding a coffee cup. <laughs> like he's, he's holding a Starbucks in. cup. Yeah, yeah there, there's earbuds. actually a fair amount of Easter eggs. I just wanted to, I actually wanted to talk about those. There's a uh, bin of avocados kind of on the side there. There's a, oh, uh, good. he's got a participation 
metal on his uh, little lapel there. <laughs> um, there is a uh, oh, there's no. a the, the, the no sign with the cow inside, and then mm-hmm. um, the, there is a like up on a building. There's a free parking sign, but it, of course it's got full um, displayed, so there's there's no availability of the free parking. Um, yeah, there's right. actually a, a couple of funny little Easter eggs, which I I, I appreciated on the box. Because you're a millennial. Like, I'm a millennial. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> this game, so, this game brought me into a lot of terms here. Where I was like, man, mm-hmm. I do love playing cards against humanity. I do love Harry Potter. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is my identity? <laughs> dude, Jeff, gotta get with it, dude. Your identity is the products that you consume. Okay. And the experiences the, that you experience. That's right. Yeah. If you go on, if you go, if you go on Tinder, you're gonna see a lot of people saying, hey, I like to travel, and uh, I like adventure, all right? And that's all that matters, okay? Those are the tenets of knowing a person down to their core, all right? So, I love trying out new experiences. and Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what Monopoly for Millennials tried to tap into. They, they, they promise you on the box that this isn't about property trading or, or buying property or earning mm-hmm. money. It's about experience. It's about gaining experiences, going on right. experience is learning from those experiences and so that's kind of mm-hmm. the monopoly approach that it's 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 a it's kind of you know a reskin but i think right. there's enough variation there to where they actually put a little thought into how this is how they want to theme it after the millennial crowd as opposed to the uh mm-hmm. I, I don't what is the term for the uh generation that was alive in the 1900s like 1902 the greatest generation. The greatest generation. Yeah. So they're the ones who went and fought in World War One and Two, and built right. skyscrapers. And yeah. yeah. Anyways, they, they they definitely wanted to gear it towards the anti-capitalists that are all going to be. Yeah, this is definitely a sort of a waiting in line air towards. To I was going to say, I I got a question as far as who this game is geared toward, because uh, I have a couple of articles pulled up in which, um, for example, I have this one uh, from Vox in which they. They're they're not too happy about the game over at Vox. They say uh, they're, you know, they think it's making fun of a very serious thing. But they went ahead oh and they God, interviewed, yeah. they interviewed, uh, reached out to the creators of the game, uh, and Hasbro. apparently Hasbro's statement was this. They said, with many of us being millennials ourselves, we understand the seemingly endless struggles and silly generalizations that young millennials can face, and we can't even wink. So we created the game to provide fans with a lighthearted experience that allows millennials to take a break from real life and laugh at the relatable experiences and labels that can sometimes be placed on them. So my question is this, is the game actually geared towards millennials and sort of saying, hey, these are the things, these are the jokes that people call you? Aren't these generalizations ridiculous? Or is this, because... All the all the millennial outlets like Vox, all the younger you know, younger leaning uh, outlets are all talking about how much they hate this game. Because in the same Vox article, they go on to say that the problem is that the joke is not good. The joke is that millennials have no money and love toast and sharing bikes. It's a tired joke that we've all been telling without addressing the grim reality behind the joke for well over a decade is that millennials cannot take a joke. It is that by now millennials are entitled to a better one. A lot of the people are not happy with the fact that, you know, Hasbro's trying to come around and and maybe joke with them. So I think some of them think that Hasbro's taking shots at them 
or is this game geared towards millennials? And I, I think that's sort of the the difference that we had. So what's your guys' take on that? Do you think it's more aimed at uh, skewering millennials, or do you think it's supposed to be targeting them in to bring them in and have them be the key demographic of the game? I certainly thought this was a little uh, satire. I thought it was yeah, same. a comedic look at it. Uh, whether or not they would enjoy playing, whether or not you can appreciate it as a millennial, I, I'm not sure. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. Funny. I thought yeah. it was funny too. I, yeah, I, I agree with Garrett. I think um, I think depending on how what you consider a purist millennial, like some some purist millennials say like, oh, uh, don't worry about what other people think of you, and then you know just laugh, laugh, be able to laugh at yourself. And if you're that kind of millennial, then you can enjoy this game and kind of at the kind of the the nuances and the jokes that they sort of throw at you. And but on the other side, some people are like, you know you're a unicorn and you should be special and nobody should be able to make fun of you. And then yeah. when it comes to I'm that, the, yeah, the guardian, the guardian has like a Q and a with some of their, uh, the people who they're people who played the game. And they said that like only a boomer would think that they can generalize. I love this. This is like that line in star Wars where it's like only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> but they say only a boomer would be so confident that they could generalize an entire gener- generation with a board game. <laughs> so that's well that's a Q and a with the guardian. <laughs> really boomer. good there. You, you also have, uh, you also have, People on uh, who are part of the Washington Post's Department of Satire. It's their younger writers who play the game. And the title of the video is We Played Monopoly for Millennials and It Hurt Our Feelings. Um, so that is that's from that's from, you know, the Democracy Dies in Darkness crew. Uh, so, yeah, I think if I think you're right on the money, Jeff, I think if you know, if you can take the joke and you can just, you know, just look at it for what it is, which is probably, you know, a bunch of corporate people trying to take a a sort of a satirical stab at generational politics and uh, preferences. I'm curious. Pop culture. I'm curious if like, if it wasn't Hasbro that released the game, because Hasbro kind of stands for like old guard and even in board game industry, right? Like we kind of understand them as like, they came from this era of gaming that was completely different than what we understand board games to be today with the indie culture and the kickstarter culture if this game was if this game came out from like a cards against humanity type production company or publisher i think it'd be received pretty differently um just because of the precedence that hasbro has i i want to know where all these sjw's were uh were do you have any articles on these guys talking about the uh the grievances that cards against humanity is is putting put up against humanity no (laughs) no i haven't one thing that's interesting is i I'm surprised that none of the spaces on this board contain like an indie board game reference because I feel like that is a pretty younger thing um, with all the obsession yeah. of board games. It's definitely not something that I think a lot of Gen Xers were into. Um, exactly. I had a I had a ton of pride. New. There was like so I was at um I went to IKEA yesterday and while while I was walking through the like the dining table area, I overheard this couple and they're like, "Well, this would be." it was like a round table that they were sort of discussing over and they're like, well, this would be great for board games because you don't have to pass cards like all the way around. They can pass around, but like it might be kind of weird for like dinner parties where you have to like sit in a certain way. And I was like, you know, people are considering how they buy furniture by how they play board games. That's the generation that we're in. And I, I had this small sense of pride that like, that's what people are coming to now. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of their livelihoods. They need to, yeah, you should have whispered in their ear. You, you need to take a, take a little tip from Gen Xer and get a lazy Susan. 
and uh, spin it in the middle. <laughs> like the I'll, dim sum tables with the, yeah. with the glass tops. <laughs> Those are perfect board game tables. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm surprised. That, I mean, maybe this speaks to the professional nature of how well I prepare for the show, but I am shocked that you found that much uh, controversy surrounding this game. I think that's that's great. I had, I had no idea oh, yeah. that existed. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's and what that's... happens when you like have this like huge you know, Hasbro game coming out as opposed to like, I mean, there have been games about, I don't know, have y'all played like Papers, Please or, or um, Drain yeah. where you're like literally transporting people to concentration camps during World War II. I mean, right. I, I think they're very, very hard games to play that touch on much more sensitive right. subjects. For, for example, yeah. that game Train, yeah. Train is a very dramatic game, right? It's supposed to be, mm-hmm. it's, it like, Board games are sometimes used to explore the idea of complicitness with, like, great evils in the world, which is, I think that's what Train was doing. Um, And so, but then you have, like, Monopoly come out with, like, by Hasbro, which is just, like, it's it's sort of like Michael Bay trying to do a satirical film. (laughs) He's got all the the money behind him. Is it the tone? Is it it, it that they're making I don't know. I think it's, I think, here's, here's what I think. I honestly think this is what Hasbro wanted. Right. If you put out a game saying Monopoly for millennials and you call out a like almost an entire generation, you're automatically going to ruffle some feathers doing that. And that is going Mm -hmm. to create free press, which is free advertising. Right. Because you have all these articles, tons of articles by like Fox and Huffington Post and uh, even even some that are on the more like right leaning. So like even Fox News runs stuff on this. And it's like. It's because those are like so much of so much I think of news is reactionary and they they want clicks. Right. So if there's a board game coming out that they think or they can sort of package as this is calling you out. How do you feel about that? They're going to be able to generate the traffic to websites. So it's it, it, it's a win win for everyone. There's all these articles talking about how bad it is and how outrageous it is. But that all that's doing is creating advertising PR, for the game. Still PR. Yeah, exactly. Right, so it's a total win-win for everybody. So I think, I don't know, if you take a step back, I'm not sure how much of the controversy is, like, real. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like it's like with people, it's like with half, half of the hashtags on Twitter. It might just be people popping off because they got nothing better to do, and it's a, it's a Saturday. Or maybe a vocal so. minority or, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but anyways, so that's sort of the sort of the box, sort of the concept behind it, the story behind the release of Monopoly for Millennials. Uh, so Garrett, you got this box in front of you. I don't know where you got it. Was this a half price book deal? Oh yeah. As always. Very good. Well, Jeff, if you'll join me in the obvious question that is on the tip of our tongues, I'm sure. What's in the box? box? Uh, one of the great things you can expect from a Hasbro Monopoly, uh, game is nice little metal pieces, of course. And so I wanted to talk about our player pieces. You know, in your classic Monopoly, you've got... Cast iron stamped, you've got, like the old old school way. Right, you can melt those down into a bullet if, like, this was, like, another Civil War. Like, you know that scene from The Patriot yeah. where they're melting yeah, down, like, that. little tin men into bullets? More. Possibly. You could do that with Monopoly. I, I, I envision more of the uh, the scene from The Fellowship of the Ring where Sauron's melting down to, to make a ring. We've got this nice gold yeah. gold, gold, piece, gold pieces. I, I think, because the original Monopoly pieces are silver. These are These are... Gold yeah. colored, probably not really. Yeah, I I, I just have now I now I have the vision of like going through like a how it's made of 
Hasbro's factory where they make all the pieces for this, and you just hear stamping. Bum 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 bum. Steam coming out from the side. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the player pieces. So Monopoly traded in the thimble, the iron, the race car, the the bag of money, which I think that actually might show that I'm a millennial because I'm referencing some of the newer pieces. I think, but we've got a nice uh, road bicycle. We've got a hashtag. We've got some Ray Bans. We've got a uh, crying emoji, and then my, one of my favorites is the <laughs> Mister huh? laughing crying emoji. Yes, uh, one of my favorites is the Mister Monopoly reimagined as an emoji. So, um, some nice millennial theme player pieces. We have a board very much familiar to those that have played Monopoly before. It's got the classic square Monopoly design uh, property, quote unquote, experiences, which are properties from the original monopoly going around in various colors and we have your play money your classic monopoly play money a set of rules and the last entry into the box is about 60 experience tokens which you collect as you go throughout the game and they have various uh point values on the back your experience points or your victory points in this game a la like a puerto rico or an infiltration where on one side it's a standard camera photo so nobody knows what you have and on the other side it lists anywhere from minus two or three all the way up to plus five points so you draw those as you go throughout the game and that shows you uh, how many points each experience is worth nice little randomization in the game yeah yeah and then so i wanted to jump into the rules real quick and they're they're actually really well written rules it, it was a super quick read they give you a nice little quick start guide they say hey here's everything you need to know to start on your turn, you're going to roll. You're going to move to that property. And when you land on that property, look it up and see what you do. And it's, it's you know, obviously very similar to Monopoly, but instead of purchasing the property, you purchase the experience. And then whenever anybody lands on that experience place, they pay you for experiencing the experience. And then you both experience it together and you draw a couple of the experience tokens, <laughs> which again are worth various amounts of points and you, you talked about what the experience tokens look like right like sort of the style of those points have you gotten to talk about that yeah they're uh they're basically think of a off-brand instagram logo right on the front it's got a nice polaroid camera on one mm-hmm. side and on the on the on the back side it's a uh, off-brand facebook like or facebook dislike well right. i don't know if they have a facebook dislike. so everything's Maybe social media see. related as it, as it relates to the experience because as we all know an experience can't truly be an experience unless you're posting about it online. Unless so you're sharing it on Instagram. Exactly. There you go. So I, I actually, when you were describing all that, I, I didn't really, I, I like the sort of, I don't know if this is on purpose, but the play on words between experience points and it actually being, you know, the, the classical concept in games as right. experience points. So you're I'm not sure if that was on purpose, but I was just, it made me, made me chuckle a little bit. I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. Nice nod. Um, one of the differences I also wanted to point out between this and Monopoly, which was one of my minor annoyances with this game, is the the good thing about Monopoly is like each section of the square is is ten spaces, mm-hmm. and this was not. I think it was like eight. So it's it's really easy on Monopoly when you you know if you have a base ten system, it's like it's like going from the metric system over to the to the U.S. You know what, what do we call it? The imperial English system. units. The, the yeah. English units. Yeah. So it's like really annoying. Like if you roll a 10, you can't just move to the same spot on the other side of the board. You have to like count out count ex- each yeah. one. Yeah. It's the worst. It's just the worst. So minor, minor annoyance. It did make but... for a shorter game though. It made for a quicker game. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 
and one of the things I forgot to mention the other the other difference between Monopoly and Monopoly you're trying to bankrupt everybody but yourself. This game the game in, and that's when the game ends. In this game the game ends when all of the experiences have been purchased and quote unquote experienced. So once there's no more experience experiences left to buy the game is over and whoever has the most experience points is the winner. There's a lot of things that they've clearly added in order to speed the game up and in order to keep it moving pretty quickly, like getting rid of some of the different spaces on the boards and then adding, adding extra victory conditions. I think they even, here's, here's a question, Garrett. I, I haven't played the original Monopoly much, but is there an option? So there's a little bit of dice space purgatory in Monopoly in that if you get sent to jail, you have to roll doubles in order to get out. Now, jail is in the millennial version of Monopoly. However, you can pay a small fine, or if you can't pay the fine, what you can also do is after like three turns, they just let you out anyway. Is there, yeah, are, believe, are those fail safes there? I believe those rules are actually directly lifted from Monopoly. So that, that's actually the same thing, which is a, uh, which is a, an homage, I guess, but yeah, and, and mm -hmm. the original Monopoly, after three turns, you would have to, you would be forced to pay anyway. Uh, one of the another difference, like the board, they go from a base ten system to like a base eight. The uh, the money, they just give you a hundred dollars to start the game off with a nice little, mm -hmm. a, a nice little wink to how poor us millennials are when we get out of college. Um, mm -hmm. And the first player is the player with the most student debt. So Thomas made me reveal. <laughs> to, it's financial how much money do you owe dude information. how much money do you owe it's not that bad I still know people who owe like forty, fifty thousand dollars sometimes up to sixty thousand dollars in student debt oh yeah and they're like oh man I got so much student debt and I was just like why'd you go to college and they, they there's like this uncomfortable <laughs> silence Ooh, somebody told me to <laughs> yeah, oh I, man I'm a bad person I, anyways alright go ahead well, no, no. It's basically a twist on Monopoly with various, you know, little wrinkles that set it apart from, you know, your classic, your classic dive into capitalism into your grand experience as a millennial. So, I like how the game was sped up. I, I really appreciate that it wasn't like a last man standing type game, and um, it's a lot quicker. The win condition, end game condition, was a lot faster. I, I. I, and I, I appreciate the victory point mechanic in a way where you don't know what you're going to get, but usually that's like a side mechanic, right? Like I think um, typically, like for example, in Settlers, if you're buying, um, I forgot what those cards are called, but uh, like construction points or whatever, or construction cards or whatever they're called, yeah, you, you, you might get victory points that are great. You might get one, you might get two, but they're generally positive and you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's all so that's not the main, that's not the main mechanic of how you score. Whereas in this game, like that's the main mechanic. So you could hypothetically get more experiences than anybody else. And by luck of the draw, lose life, the game. It is, it is live. I agree. But it's just, it's one of those things that like from a, from a pure game perspective, if you're going to make a game meant to win, I, I think it's really weird to, I, I think it's okay to throw a wrench in, in randomness and a side, sort of a sidetrack, but that was like, that was the main thing. In regular Monopoly, it's like, you know, you have to bully people yeah, out. I totally but. agree, but I kind of think this game was was made for you to play like once. I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to go through this game and, and sure, master yeah. it, because I think it's one of those like novelty games. You're like, look what I got, and then you, like half the fun is reading through the cards. Yeah, I play it for the laughs, and then like yeah. you experience the game. You don't have to. <laughs> right. this, is, this, is, this is how I feel about Munchkin, and I may get a little bit of backlash for this, but like 
my enjoyment of Munchkin. <laughs> my my enjoyment of Munchkin is not actually playing the game. It's like reading. I think the cards are pretty funny. Like it, it's yeah. got some. It's mm-hmm. got some. Tropes, it's got clever writing. Right. Yeah. It's got some tropes on like the the fantasy weaponry or like the gear that that people in in you know Dungeons and Dragons or or Lord of the Rings or Diablo or whatever use, and they make fun of it. Where I think this is kind of the same thing where you're kind of laughing as you go through and like, Oh, more RNG. No, like, you know, your classic straight Euro gamer is going to hate that. But I think this is just like, this is like a one-time play. And if mm-hmm. it's just for that, then I'm okay with, with the uh, RNG. Yeah. So most That's everything true. that, that sort of sets this game apart is sort of the, the stylization of the pieces in order to fit with the, uh, the jesting theme of uh, skewering millennials or like sort of winking and nodding to that. So do you have sort of a best of like maybe a montage for us here, Garrett of some of the cards or some of the spaces that you think really jump out and uh, really encapsulate the theme for I, our I sure do. And real quickly, sorry, I, I just need to apologize. I wanted to, cause I know my mom's listening. I wanted to explain RNG is random number generator or, or it's just another term for randomness. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. throw that in real quick. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes, the highlights of the cards, some of my favorites. Let's go through some of the chance cards. Um, you are accused of single-handedly ruining the napkin industry. I think this game came out pretty soon after the great straw crisis of 2018, where mm-hmm. everyone tried to save the turtles. And Millennials are single-handedly ruining yeah. the X industry. <laughs> They've killed J.C. Penny. <laughs> They've just- Oh yeah, I remember the article about single-handedly ruined Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I heard that, and all I could think of was "You're welcome." That's yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that's an excellent one. You were looking for jobs, but ended up streaming videos for hours. Pay the twenty dollars. <laughs> this is too uh, real. Your side hustle selling vegan candles is starting to pay off, and then there's a nice little chance, a little mini game where you roll a die, and depending on what result is my favorite is uh you're featured in a vegan magazine click two experience chips that's if you roll a 10 or 12 10 to 12 um and then actually another uh, uh, one i just love is you learn to build a treehouse watching a video um <laughs> is that it is that there's nothing happens you well just, no 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 if, and then that'd if be you, great if that's all they told you if you roll a 10 you didn't to 12, even actually build it yourself you just went huh okay yeah that was pretty good <laughs> no if you if you roll a 10 to 12 you start running out that that um that treehouse to other millennials that are looking for the experience and the, the nice quiet life where you're oh yeah go on airbnb and list yeah, a fucking treehouse i could do that <laughs> that would work dude that's the that's the thing is you can, i don't understand how you could get so mad if i guarantee i guarantee all right you keep talking here i'm gonna see if i can find a treehouse on airbnb I, I'm, I guarantee you can. I, I, yeah, I guarantee you can. Uh, a couple more real quick from the community, Justin Chance. We have, you get a fourth job, hashtag hustle, hashtag side gig, hashtag no days off, which I am 100% sure I've seen those actual hashtags on. In that successive in, in order. That success, yeah. <laughs> um, time to rake your friends. Choose one player to collect three experience chips, one to collect two, and one to collect one. I love that card. I, I love that card where you just, like, you're my best friend. I love, I love, yeah, I love the ranking thing too. That's such a millennial thing. Top 10 ways to, like, <laughs> I just love, the list thing is hilarious. Yeah, you've got the uh, three-day music festival, one of the best pieces of uh, quote-unquote experience, which is a to say a property you've got the vegan bistro you've got the thrift store you've got the national parks and the we got the animal 
Rescue Center. And then uh, one of my favorite things, so instead of the train system that they have in, uh, in Monopoly, there's the bike sharing program. And so this is actually a nice little twist on Monopoly. So if you land on a bike share, you can basically move to any spot on the board. You just have to pay like an insane amount of money. So um, basically, if you land on a bike space, you can move to any spot between the next between where you are now and the next bike space and you pay $10. And then for each bike space you pass after that, you pay an additional $10. So you can go anywhere on the board if you up to you 40 bucks. Up, yeah. Right. Hey Garrett. That's great. Yeah. Would you like to live in a treehouse? I found one called the Treehouse Adventure. It's in Brea, California. It says it's located over by Disneyland. Uh, this is an ultimate treehouse in my backyard, which I have built over the year. <laughs> it is very private, very cozy, and it has direct TV and a cozy bed and sofa. How much is it going to cost me a night? 500 bucks a night. Uh, this will cost you $99 a night. Okay. I, I was going to live in a treehouse. It's not awful. It's not, it's not awful. It's probably not worth... I mean, you can go mm-hmm. camping for, you can usually rent like a camping spot for what, $25 yeah. or something like that. Well, if you wanted a secluded in town treehouse, now if you wanted to be closer in town, that's $370 a night, okay? And this is in Atlanta, all right? <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. $370 a night. The LA one is if you want a way better room. deal. If you want yeah. to disconnect underneath the city lights, you know, if you want to just look up at the. the that's right. <laughs> Look over and see, Yikes. see the Braves, see the Braves play, but you're not hey, your nothing phone, but five star reviews over here. Okay, like oh, this sure, is a really great. cool sure. spot. It's going to be really a lot of fun. One. So, anyways, yes, the treehouse thing is definitely real. <laughs> That's great. That's uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to ask y'all about is: Did this game do an adequate job of making you feel poor? Yes. <laughs> I felt nah, because I got a national park for free, dude. <laughs> Thomas did Thomas somehow didn't a national park, but I I don't think any of us ever eclipsed a hundred dollars. No, at, Garrett got close at the end because he he <laughs> pulled a random chance card and sold like a vintage piece of his grandma's wardrobe for sixty five bucks and ended up with ninety five dollars. That was the closest anybody got. <laughs> I, I was a banker. My grandmother's, so I, know. I sold my grandfather's like POW watch for, <laughs> for sixty five dollars, dude. Uh, I gotta pay the bills. Better sell this bad boy. Man, yeah, yeah was, this I, game I felt way pobre in that whole game. You, yeah. you felt so poor in this as opposed to like at least in Monopoly somebody feels really rich and powerful and they're like, Yeah, I, I landed on Baltimore Avenue Baltic Avenue. This is no big deal for here's the measly $60 whereas like $60 in this game is like basically your entire life savings yeah right. it's time to stop hecking around boys unless you got anything else you want to talk about I think we should go right into the reviews that we found for this day let's go ahead all right um so I I alluded a little bit earlier to how that there were some people who were not fans of this game they thought that it was making fun of them as opposed to being able to joke along with it and I wanted to show sort of like two more polarizing reviews uh, on Board Game Geek. I did find this one on, on Board Game Geek here. I know you were having trouble finding it. I've, someone gave this. this I found said, out it's because I can't spell millennials. There so. you go. It's because you grip with spell check, Garrett. <laughs> it's I grip also, spellcheck. also a millennial quality. <laughs> right. So there's this one guy who just says this is a shitty game. I love it. Enjoyment ten. Theme oh, aesthetic like three. Upkeep three. Mechanical elegance one. Longevity, 2. Tension, 2. Components, 3 out of 10. This is all out of 10. Agency, 1 out of 10. Agency. Balance, 1 out of 10. Total score, 
2.6 out of 10, and he owns it. He is not putting it up for trade. He loves it. So just because you grade a game very poorly, in this person's opinion, I guess doesn't necessarily mean that it's a death sentence. Uh, he gave he gave enjoyment a 10. I don't know if he meant to put something out of 10, or like he just gave it a full 10. I'm well, he sure. says he loves it. He says he loves the game. So yeah, it must have been a 10 out of 10. <laughs> right, so this is the sort of person I imagine who knows it's a, you know, a bad version of Monopoly, but just appreciates what they're trying to do with the theme and yeah. what they're trying to do with the joke. Whereas on Amazon, I found this really great uh, one-star review. Uh, <laughs> it says, uh, as a Gen wire that doesn't live in California, Washington, or any other terrible state, I don't understand any of this. Now, if there was a Gen X edition that came with a big old <laughs> bag of Coke, I'd understand that. No, I wish I could have grown me. up in a generation that was all about sex, drugs, and parties and rock and roll. But alas, I'm not a bitter, overweight, balding 40 or something year old with nostalgia goggles plastered to my face. This guy just sounds like a hoot at parties. Sounds like <laughs> sounds pretty like mad. Sounds pretty mad. Sounds pretty mad. <laughs> my whole life, everything should be about me. As a gin wire who doesn't live in Cal, yeah. So this guy's. So you have you have your spectrum. Yeah, you know you got your people who can sort of take the joke, and you have some people who think that it's it's not very good. And then I'm sure that there's also a fair number of people who are just like, ah, it's Monopoly. I hate it. It's already garbage. And it's just like, why do you buy a game? It says Monopoly right on it. Yeah. Right? This isn't like false advertising with any of the other games that we played, where it's like, oh, this turns out to be a reskin of Uno or yeah. Trouble. Yeah, it's their own brand. They they, they can they can yeah. do that. They're allowed. They're very allowed. Did so, you look at the? You uh, did you look on the Amazon Q and A section? One of my favorite questions was: Is drinking alcohol a big part of the game? <laughs> <laughs> what was the answer, Garrett? Did people say everyone was? It's very, it's very yes. succinct. It just says no. Oh man! <laughs> no. Oh man! Oh, we can direct you all on over to Brewopoly for that one. <laughs> so uh, another review from uh, Board Game Geek from Jay Slater. One, uh, he gave it a two. Uh, you said you play for experience instead of money. Money just enables you to buy experiences that are stereotypically millennials. And this is the part. This is my favorite part. <clears throat> my wife ran around the board with no money, but could have won by still being able to get experience tokens. And I think he put that specifically because he lost to his wife, who had no money in the game, and he's just mad. And he had to kind of add that dig in. Monopoly is a terrible game, but this is a worse version of Monopoly. So pretty bitter, right? <laughs> Another um, question says, does this version of Monopoly give out participation awards? And the answer says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, this was a gift for my dad. This is five stars out of five, by the way, mm -hmm. on Amazon. This is a gift for my dad, who's an avid collector. His generation is so judgmental of us. This was perfect. So perfect, in fact, that my stepsister gave it to him for Christmas, too, which meant we got to open and play one of them. It was very satisfying to watch an old man come in last place at being a millennial. <laughs> I asked him if the participation trophy would make him feel any better. Crying emoji. There it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Well done. There you go. Capped off with a Bring in, nice See, that's cherry. what you want. Bringing the generations together over Christmas Day with a good board game. You know, it's, life, life doesn't have to be that bad, you know? Uh, you, you you can you can kiss and make up with your your relatives. There's nothing wrong with that, right, Gary? Nothing wrong with kissing your sis over a nice game of Monopoly. Exactly. All right, who wants to start off their own reviews now that we sort of got to peruse the internet? We need to start off the RDG average. Does anyone want to do the honors? Uh, yeah, I'll jump in here. I enjoyed again, like I said, I I wouldn't love playing the game 
itself, but it, it was a fun little, and I hate that I'm about to say this, it was a fun little experience where you go through and you read. You jerk. I know, I'm sorry. You go through and you read the you read the cards, which are all nice little jabs. Um, the artwork is, is playful. And like I said, it's like, if you enjoyed playing Munchkin one time and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to play this again. That's that's kind of what this experience was for me. It's just, this was fun. Nice. It was fun to go through. Um, I'd call it early. You know, I don't necessarily, once I've seen all the cards, I'm done. I don't need to go around and make sure that every experience is purchased. The mechanics are a twist on Monopoly. So, I mean, I think they accomplished what they set out to accomplish here. The game itself isn't, you know, incredibly strategic. There's not a lot of depth. I think there's less depth than a Monopoly. There's a lot fewer decisions for sure. And I think, I, I'm sure you can break down some of the uh, statistics on like what spaces are the most likely to be landed on. So you could, you could have a little nominal edge there. If you I think if someone's busting into... out those algorithms, they are uh, there's there might be something wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I need to calculate the percentage of probability that I'm going to land oh. on the uh, on the parent basement space. It, it gets done. It gets done. Um, so yeah, I I thought there was some great little Easter eggs here, some great artwork, some great pieces. The components are good. Um, the game is, eh, you know, not great, but it's a Monopoly spinoff, so that's what it is. Uh, I'm going to give this game a three. Sure, I'll go. Yeah, so um, I took a look at, we obviously have done another Monopoly-type spinoff uh, on this show, which is Brewopoly. Um, and this game is does a lot of things that speeds the game up, which makes it a lot quicker you know there's a lot of jabs and a couple funny jokes i think thematically they did a decent job um made me chuckle and like garrett said i don't know if it's there's a ton of replay value and there's no strategy in the game so it's it's hard to kind of pick up the game and play again but mm-hmm. i'm going to rate this as uh as intended to be a, a satire experience. piece an experience if you will i can only experience my first experience one experience right <laughs> so um, I think I think it I think it does decent. I don't think it's the worst game I've ever played. Um, it didn't make me feel like I was trudging through, and um, I had a couple laughs along the way. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Yeah, I I, I agree with you guys. I think you have to approach this as sort of a uh, satirical game that's trying to uh, poke fun, not in any uh, not in any harsher you know demeaning way, but just to sort of like make make light of a situation and the the, the sensitivity and the generational gaps that sort of exist right now. Uh, and I think it does a really good job. I think it's better than Brewopoly because I think the theming is a lot, it's, there's, is a lot more in-depth and in-depth references and nods. And it's not just a bunch of different types of beer the way Brewopoly was. Um, whereas this one, instead you have, you have really good pieces, just funny cards that actually did get a chuckle out of me. Uh, the, the, the addition of experience points I thought was really nice and really well catered to the satire that they were trying to point out to. So thematically, it's it's a pretty good package, I would say. Um, yeah, I think Monopoly isn't exactly my my cup of tea, but as far as taking a version of Monopoly, because there are so many, like, it's Simpsons Monopoly, right, where it's the same thing. Or it's, hey, watch out, it's uh, Dragon Ball Z Monopoly. Like, I don't know how many skins there are. There's Pizza Monopoly I just saw on Amazon. I, I don't know how much how many skins there are either, but I, I did go to Hasbro's website for this 
episode, mm-hmm. and they have you know the top twenty five games listed. Like when mm-hmm. you click the games tab, and thirteen of them were Monopoly games. I, I went through oh, and counted. So, right. So like, I, you know, and they have pages and pages and pages of games, but like most of their game or many of their games are different skins on Monopoly. Right, and I'm not sure how if if for every game I've ne- I haven't played Star Wars Monopoly in such a long time. I can't remember if they would if they adjusted the game of Monopoly to fit around Star Wars. But I think the addition of experience points and essentially changing the way that you would determine the victor of the game was mm-hmm. done pretty well here. So I think we sort of lucked out into playing this. If we had to play a reskin of Monopoly by Hasbro officially, I'm not disappointed that it was this one. I don't think it's a totally airtight game, but I thought that this was doing a pretty good job satirically, so I'm going to give it a 3.75. All right, so that brings the Rough Draft Boys average to 3.42. That is a nice... It's it's about half a point lower than Board Game Geek, which is at three point nine. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 nice and they're a little bit higher on this. Out of curiosity, you guys have any uh, guesses to what Monopoly is on Board Game Geek? I think just from the nostalgia score, it's probably got to be like a four point five. I feel like they trashed it though. I feel like because everyone's a bunch of snobs. I'm gonna I, they pro- I'm gonna say they gave it a three point two. It's a four point three. So. Uh, oh my gosh! Right in the middle. So right there in the middle, but yeah, they they, they do generally try to. <laughs> I think Tic Tac Toe is the worst rated game on board game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, gen- generally those. Uh, Strategically, Tic Tac Toe is more sound yeah. though. But yeah, <laughs> now, I I think, and I also would say there's probably <clears throat> there's a fair population of like Gen Xers on board game geeks, so I, I feel like they're. I, I think they gave it a good score. I'm 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 appreciative of that score. Sometimes I see scores and I get a little. Eyebrow raise, but oh, I think it's a, it's a this one's straight as an arrow. No eyebrows are going anywhere. 180 degrees level plane, right? That's right. 100 <laughs> flat, flat brows. Didn't even get them. I had to get them waxed to make them this flat, but uh, Ooh, nice. No just get them threaded next time, dude. That's that's the that's, that, the, that's millennial the millennial thing, thing. yeah. All right, got to get them threaded. Stick on theme. Well, as we sort of wind things down today for this episode, uh, if you would like to reach out to us on Twitter, maybe you have a delicious avocado toast recipe that beats mine mine is toast and avocado <laughs> if you have something that beats that you can hit us up at rough draft games on twitter we'd love to talk to you guys about any and all things board games and any and all things avocado toast and unfortunately we aren't receiving messages on our tinder profile right now so if you can just shoot us an email over <laughs> rough draft games at gmail.com if you want to get get together with us and maybe meet up for drinks uh you know just casual nothing nothing too serious just gonna see where it goes but we'll take it slow wine and dine us and lastly share the bike lane and come on down to our roughdraftgames.com website where you can check out our thematic pages talking about some of the games uh, that we love to play with uh, things to eat and things to do and listen to Uh, check out other episodes of this podcast roll and move and of course check out our brand new all rise page where we talk about our new game that we're kickstarting later this year come give us support subscribe to our newsletter um, and come check us out there yes and lastly it would be so wrong if we didn't go ahead and thank you guys who have given us five stars on itunes and stitcher and your podcast player of choice we truly appreciate your guys' support and if you haven't done so already if you go down to the page and you give us not only five stars but also a review recommending a game buddy we're gonna here's play the deal it. we we're gonna play it we're gonna get get our hands we'll play on it live game. we are gonna play it live not live but we're gonna play <laughs> it and talk about it live 
for you. So you want that to be you? You, you got big dreams for a game you want us to play? Boy, do we have the opportunity for you. Big so dreams, all you got to do memes. is just boom, five stars, recommend the game, and then you can join the club. And you can join the mission to play bad board games forever, which is what we're trying to do here. <laughs> Art. I didn't, Jeff, I didn't consent to you taking pictures of yourself while we're on Jeff. Wait, just one more. Jeff, we're losing him. We're losing one him. More. Jeff, no. No, you're taking too many pictures. You're going to give yourself. Everyone knows that you're epileptic. Too many flashes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Seizure. Jeff. Jeff did it. Well, I guess he won't be around for next week's episode. I hear he's going to give it a 10. He's going to give it a 10? He's going to give it a 10. 10. We can find first 10 on air. Threshold. All right. In memorandum of Jeff coming up next week. Until then. Take care, guys.